Hi, I'm Paul. Verizon has been placing giant letters all over the country to get people to buy into their unlimited plan. Don't get hooked. Switch to Sprint Unlimited, $22.50 per month per line for four lines and get the fifth line free. Hurry to your local Sprint store, visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Savings until 1031 $18 per line per month for five lines with auto pay. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming streams. You don't pay HD 1080p. Music to 1.5 megabits per second. Gaming up to 8 megabits per second. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee. Prohibited network use rules and data deprioritization apply compared to Verizon Beyond Unlimited. Carry features different coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Kings. I'm your host, Jason Ross, and we hope you're having a great week. Looking forward to another preseason game coming up tonight. The Kings and the Golden State Warriors coming your way from San Jose. But we thank you for following us here on Locked on Kings. You want to send me a message or an email, you can do it at jason.ross at cbsradio.com. That's jason.ross at cbsradio.com. You can follow me on Twitter or send me questions or comments or feedback there at jasonross1140. But again, follow us on uh, all the different outlets you can find us on, Stitcher, Google Play, Audio Boom, iTunes, leave reviews and ratings we would certainly encourage you to do that and thank you if you do that and certainly send me questions comments stuff i can include and add to and make the podcast better that's what we're trying to do on a daily basis today on the show we're going to look ahead to tonight's preseason game as the kings take on the golden state warriors one of the teams to beat if not the team to beat oh by the way they set the record for most wins last year and yes they had a uh, a rough finish in the finals up three games to one losing to the cavaliers but they added kevin durant scary and if you saw their first preseason game a couple of uh, nights ago, you'll realize how scary they can be, the potential they have. So we're going to talk with Tim Roy in just a moment, their longtime radio voice and a friend of mine. I look forward to checking in with Tim in just a minute. So, uh, again, tonight it's the Kings and the Warriors, and it should be fun from San Jose. And let's just jump into it and talk to Tim here first as Tim, I was, you know, we were talking Kings the other night doing our post game on the radio, and I got the TV on and I'm watching – the Warriors and the Clippers, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. For the Clippers, that is. What a show the Warriors put on at Oracle. First time the home fans got a chance to see Kevin Durant. And that was scary. Granted, just a preseason game, but what a clinic the Warriors put on the other night. Yeah, it was really, uh, it was really I think, abnormal, and, and uh, I think that's the exception. The, the starters for the Warriors played about as well as you could play at this point of the season. And... Uh, I think you know the ball movement was there, the the shooting was there. I mean, Clay Thompson, because of the fact he played in the Olympics, I think is he's he's not going to need much work. I think he's pretty much ready to go. Um, and I think with the rest of them, it's just a matter of timing. And, and the ball movement was excellent for a long time. They were only two assists off their made field goal total for the night, and that was for a good two quarters and change. In fact, in the first quarter, the only basket they scored without an assist was a, a drive by Durant right at the end of the quarter. So the the ball movement was there, the defense was there, and I think the fact that you know the Warriors had three guys who had played in the Olympics, I think that showed because of the fact that you know they have three guys who have been kind of in camp for a couple of months and, and they were ready to play. But you know, there's only a preseason game, but it wasn't it wasn't impressive. I have to tell you, it was it was. Pretty impressive, and if they can move the ball like that in the regular season, they're going to be very hard to guard because they they have guys that space the floor, and and you know people like Petrulia and Draymond Green 
are going to get a lot of wide open looks because of the other three guys who can shoot from wherever. Well, and that's what it looked like watching the game that everybody was getting wide open looks. It's like, okay, I'm going to close out on Curry. Fine. One more pass. I got, oh, now we got to clay and then one more. And it's Durant It's just catching up to the ball. And you know, the Warriors have already been a gifted passing team. And it looks like again, one, two sample sizes with a game in Toronto, but Durant fitting in looks like it's pretty smooth that he's just kind of right on board with moving the ball like the rest of them. Yeah, I think that's to me the, the whole key for him. I think the fact that uh, once he understands that and completely buys in that if he moves the ball, it will come back because he hasn't played in a system like that before. I think in Oklahoma City, if he moved the ball, it probably was going to end up in the hands of Russell Westbrook, and then that means shot or drive. And so uh, I think once he gets the the feel that, you know, hey, this is all cool. If you're open, you're going to get the ball. I think then then I think everything will kind of click. And I think it will work because, you know, maybe not right away. I think this there's definitely going to be a learning curve, and there's definitely going to be a couple nights where they're going to look out of sync. And uh, depending on who they're playing, they may get beat that night. But the I think over time it will it will work itself out because one of the things they've been able to do, one of the luxuries the Warriors have, is that they've been able to bring in high character guys and guys that are good guys. And Kevin Durant's a good guy, and I think he'll figure it out. You know, he he's got an NBA ego. You know, you want him to have that because that was. That's what drives him and makes him great. But, but he, you know, to his core, he's a good guy. And I think that's gonna, that's one of the reasons he's here. And I think it's one of the reasons I think it's going to work. Yeah, watching them play the Clippers, you could see the flexibility too of lineups. And I, I don't know if this is factually the way they would have called it, but it looked to me t- at times last night or the other night, Tim, that. Durant might have been playing the five, and I think, how on earth are teams going to guard that, whether Draymond was or Durant, but it's just the versatility. You could see some things that might bother them defensively, but I just can't imagine the matchup nightmares they're going to create on almost a nightly basis. Yeah, I think one of the things, too, and, and, and unlike last year when they went to the small lineup, this year now you have Kevin Durant, so you're actually bigger mm-hmm. in the small lineup. And you have a guy that can block shots in Kevin Durant. So they may be better defensively in that lineup this year than they were a year ago, as well as offensively. And so that, that to me, I think one of the other things for Steve Curry, and I think he's trying to figure this out, is, is a way to, at all times, have either Durant or Curry on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can figure out a rotation that works that way, uh, then that's going to be really something to watch because – then you got two guys you can throw the ball to and, and, and get you something, and, and that's, a, that's an absolute luxury in this league. You know, you, you talked about having a basketball ego. I think that's healthy. I think that's good. I think it's a team, as you said, filled with good guys. I don't know if it will ever become a problem, but I don't know if there's a bunch of nights where Durant is the man or Clay is the man or Cur- anybody you think takes that the wrong way for any – I mean, the team's going to win a lot, but is there any chance of any of that happening? I think only the only way that happens, I think, on a team with like this is that if it happens over a period of time, if you if there's definitely one player who's on the outs. I think the 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 cool thing about the five that they have on the floor is that they have two guys in Draymond and, and Petulia, who I'm pretty sure aren't really worried about their points per game numbers and how many shots they get. I don't even think Zaza took a shot last night, <laughs> and. Uh, um, so I, that's a good thing. You know, then you have a guy off the bench, Andre Iguodala. Doesn't really care if how many shots he gets, to be honest with you. 
The only time you see Andre taking a lot of shots is on a night where the offense is stagnant, and that's when he kind of tries to take over a little bit. And and I don't, I'm not sure Wes or Livingston care too much about their point totals at this point of their career. So I think they have that going for them, but and I think the ball will even itself out because I think that, again, this is going to be a learning thing for Kevin Durant as much as he wants to score. You know, there's going to be nights where Stephen Clay are going to go off, and those are the nights where you have to feed the hot hand. You know, because those guys, when they get it going, uh, they're hard to stop. As you know, certainly, you know, most most uh, most of the league recognizes that, and I know uh, Sacramento at least knows that about Clay. Sure. Once he gets it going, it's hard to stop. So this team obviously has way more positives than they do any kind of weaknesses, but. Maybe rim protection and maybe depth bench isn't what it was a year ago. Is there anything else you see, or do you even agree with those maybe as potential well, weaknesses? Well, you know, like any year in any sport, it's all about health. Sure. You know, are you going to be healthy? And so you got they have to throw that into the mix. You know, somebody said, well, they don't win the titles and it's a bust. Well, let's wait and see how the year progresses. If they don't have two of their top five players and they go into the finals and don't win, well, you know, you're banged up. Cleveland found out a year ago. Warriors were banged up in the last three games of, of the series against Cleveland, and that's a factor. Um, but, let's say rim protection, yeah, th- there's definitely a, a lack of it uh, for, compared to last year. Now, they have Durant back, and he's, he's a shot blocker, but he's not going to block a shot, say, DeAndre Jordan or someone like that. Uh, and I think what you're going to see, I think, is not just the shot block totals, Jason, but but also the, the shots that are changed. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, uh, last couple of years when a, a player would drive against the Warriors, and all of a sudden you saw that player look up and say, "Oh, there's Bogut, there's Azili," and they would make a move they didn't want to make. They pass the ball out. They try and take a runner instead of going all the way to the cup. And so it, it's those shots too, the ones that are changed as opposed to just blocked. And so that that's going to be a factor for them. They have to be a different defensive team this year. I think they have to get more ball pressure. I think they have to stand for another man a little bit more. They can't rely on that, you know, Bogut is really helping on the backside anymore. So they they're going to have to find a way to be a different defensive team while keeping their numbers up. And and then as far as the depth goes, uh, this is where they need somebody to step up. And then there's one roster spot open basically. And so whether it be a healthy Kavon Looney. Uh, whether it be Ian Clark, whether it be James Michael McAdoo, I think somebody out of that pack, maybe JaVale McGee making the roster, uh, somebody out of that group there I think is going to have to step up and, and give the Warriors something. Or maybe it's you know one on one night, one on the other. But, yeah, those I think the little progress are not, not as deep as they were you know the last two years. Yeah, and so, Tim, I, I'd be curious – you know, the obvious statement is Durant is the biggest addition, no doubt there. But next to Durant, who do you think will have the biggest impact on the team that's considered a new warrior? That's not Pachulia. Yeah. Because, because and simply because of this, I think, Jason, because after they signed Durant, you're wondering, oh, man, who are they going to get for five? There's not that many people out there. Right. And Pachulia was right at the top of the list. And the Warriors were very quick in, in letting him know right away, the Durant side, hey, you're our number one guy. We really want you to come here. And I think the fact that they, they, they you know, uh, kind of you know, coached it that way and sold it that way to him, like, you know, hey, it's not, the, it's not your big contract, but we want you, and we want you to be a part of this. I think he got excited about that. And so I think he's going to have a big impact. I think people are going to see him to be a little bit more of a, uh, a 
Sal at NBA Center than maybe we'd given him credit for in his career. You know, they played in Atlanta a long time, and they, they weren't a great team when he was there. They were good. They weren't, they weren't great. So I think, I think now you know, he might get a little more recognition for just how solid an NBA pro he is. Who do you think they will miss the most that's no longer on the team? Bogut. Yeah. Yeah, I think just just because he was too he was multifaceted. He was the guy that they kind of ran the offense through for the first eight minutes of the game, and he was the guy that, that uh, was a great communicator defensively. That's one thing the, the Warriors, it's another item on defense, they're going to have to get guys to be more vocal, guys like McAdoo when he's out there and, and uh, Pachulia when he's out there because Azili and Bogut were both very good at communicating on defense and letting guys know what was going on behind them. And so, uh, you know, if I saw once, I thought 30 times the last few years where Andrew Bogut would literally grab a teammate and put him, move him to the spot where he wanted to be defensively, mm. you know, in a play where they were switching, because they switched so much. So the guy would get lost in the switch, and he would just grab him and pull him across the lane, and, and, and just he just had an understanding about defense. A great passer for a big guy, great screen setter for a big guy. And so, yeah, there's no question in my mind, he's the guy they're going to miss the most. How about, uh, you know, I'm, I've got big respect for the coaching staff. I think Steve Kerr does an excellent job. Over the last two years, they've lost kind of a key assistant, whether it was Gentry going to New Orleans, Walton this last year. I know they had Mike Brown. Over time, does that affect them, or is that just kind of a, seemingly, it looks like just a, a machine that just keeps rolling on that coaching staff? Well, I think, you know, anytime you lose good people, there's going to be a, a you know, there's going to be a different vibe. But I think uh, as good a coach as Alvin is, and as you know, Luke Walton was just born to coach. Hmm. I mean, um, <laughs> I got to tell you, last year when when he took over for Steve, he was so good at just keeping things the same. Nothing changed. And so, you know, there's a little tweak here and there with the players, something that he liked, or, or uh, combinations that he would like. But the practices were the same, you know. The approach was the same. The attitude was the same. And so, uh, when you lose guys like that, obviously you're 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 worried about it. But they bring in Mike Brown, and and Steve Kerr again it goes back to what they're really looking for. Because I wasn't looking for an X and O guy per se. He says anybody can draw and get me a you know show me a play and get me a, a play that's going to get us a shot. He says I want a guy who's a good guy, a guy that's going to be good to work around and and fun to be around. And so they bring in him in, and then. Uh, give Willie Green uh, a look too at the coaching spots. So mm-hmm. they brought in some guys that they they think will fit with the vibe and and the type of character they're looking for. I know people bring it up to them, and they've already had pretty quick answers about. I mean, the historic year they had as far as the regular season went. People see them adding Durant and say, well, they can win more games. I feel like they're already quick to dismiss it. I think the team could be better, may win less games. Is that kind of how you see? How it might go, or if it just happens to happen, then they'll go for it. Yeah, I think I think the the one thing that that they learned a little bit last year was when you, you're constantly being asked about something every day for you know six seven months, right. it wears on you. Yeah, and uh, and I think once they got off to that great start, that was the question every day, every day. And uh, I and I still think that they would have won the title had not Draymond got suspended. Yeah, I think they would have won in five because they were controlling that series. And the series flipped on that, you know, LeBron stepping over him. You know, he, he baited Draymond, and mm-hmm. Draymond took the bait. And, and um, so, but 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 that said, I think they also realize they need to have pace. They need to be fresh when it comes to you know June. And I so I think what they're going to try to do is stagger some minutes here and there. 
make sure that their you know their practice times are quick and not giving giving you know guys time to recover. I think that's one of the things they're going to try to do. Yeah, I'm you know then there's so such great motivation. The stinging loss. I was kind of curious. Who do you think took that? The hardest, someone like Draymond Curry wasn't one hundred percent. I just wonder who of the guys like do they even talk about that still, or do they just want to move past it and get get right back at it? You know, it hasn't been a big topic of discussion. I think I took it the hardest. Jason, <laughs> you I should. Think I was the one to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, a friend of mine, Dal Foil, called me about a week later. He goes, "How do you feel?" He said, "I feel like I've been to a funeral." Yeah, I bet. <laughs> like, you know, so uh, it, um, you know, it it was. It was a hard thing, I think, for everybody to take. I think it was, it was really hard. I think, it, I mean, I don't know this, and I haven't asked him about it, but I got to think it's got to be eating at Draymond. It's just got to be after. He's such a competitor, and he's so loyal and to, to his friends and his teammates and to his family. It's just got to be driving him crazy, I think, a little bit. But but what, but what? I got to tell you, the, the, the one thing about it that happened is that once Durant you know, agreed to come, yep. it, it took a lot of the... You know, the storyline kind of flipped, and it took a lot of the angst and the, the oh my goodness, did that really happen away? Because all of a sudden you start getting excited again. You know, you were you were not thinking about being up three one. I mean, Draymond gets suspended and then lose the series. You were thinking about, wow, this is going to be interesting. This mm-hmm. is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And so, uh, and and what's what's interesting about all that is that. It, this Durant thing, and I don't know why people are uh, labeling him a bad guy. He took less money to come to the Warriors, and they could have gotten Oklahoma City. And and the only way this happens is that the Warriors had their contracts set up in a, in a way where they could have made a splash in the offseason, and then the Player Association agreed or disagreed with feathering the cap by making this big jump, this one year in the cap. That allowed Kevin Durant to come to the Warriors. Because then all of a sudden they start doing the math and go, hey, there's a way we could do this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and also, let's face it, the Warriors win the title. I don't think Durant comes here. Yeah. Yeah. I think, why do I go there? They won two in a row. They don't need me. Well, and, and if that, I go there, I'm just going to tag along. So. Yeah. And that leads to, I mean, a question I heard, it's completely unfair to Steve Kerr, and he didn't answer it, but I'll be unfair and ask you. I, I think it's a great question, though. I think Steve Kerr was asked on the Zach Lowe podcast, asked him, so would you rather have had that second championship or Durant? And, I mean, you probably, you're right, Tim. I don't think you get both. So, I don't know. I'll ask you because it is exciting now knowing you have Durant and likely fo- going forward, but a second championship would have also been nice. What would you say to that very tough question? Well, if, if uh, no, I mean, I'm, not, I'm just a radio announcer, so I don't speak the organization sure. this way, but, uh, but I, I always go championship. Yeah. Simply because you never know, right? Yeah. Okay, let's let's look at the San Francisco Forty ers How many Niners fans felt after playing the NFC title game and then going to the Super Bowl and losing? You know, late they had a chance to win the Super Bowl. How many thought, "Oh, we're going to be back there. We're going to we're going to win a couple of these." Exactly. You don't. You don't know. It's fleeting. It's hard, and it's it's it's. Uh, you know, I have a huge appreciation now for the the teams that go deep in the playoffs every year about how hard that is. And, you know, you never know, you know, you're, we're, you know, every team is one, you know, ACL away from being, you know, uh, about 20 wins less than what they thought they were going to be. Yeah. And so, uh, I think, you know, anytime you get close, you know, that's why I, I never criticize general managers for going all in 
if they think they have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Because, you, you know, you don't know. You can't assume that you're going to be back there again. There's so many different factors, free agency and injuries, trade with other teams. You know, uh, stars that nobody recognizes that all of a sudden pops up in a draft and maybe your rival drafts that player. Um, so I, I think any chance you have to go all in, you know, if you think you're good enough and you think you have a chance to win a title in whatever sport it is, I think you push your chips in and take your chance because you don't know when that scenario is going to repeat itself. No doubt. I mean, I think last year's a great case. Everybody looks at the Warriors, and they had an amazing year. I think the Spurs were one of their historically best teams. I personally, Tim, think the Clippers have been really, really good. They've just picked the wrong time to be good. They're just not as good as the top two or three teams. Hey, the Clippers could still, you know, depending on what happens, they're a title threat. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, the throw out last night, preseason game, they're deep and they're good. Yeah. And they, you know, DeAndre Jordan, let me tell you, <laughs> That guy's a factor. He is a factor in every time you play him, and he's just a really good player. And, uh, you know, you look at, you know, they, J.J. Reddick led the league in three-point percentage last year. You know, they got still have Chris Paul who still might have a, another few tricks of his sleeve. And, you know, so they're they're really good. And, you know, if you're the Spurs, last year you won 67 games. Right. 67 games. And you don't even get home court. I mean, it was that's just crazy. Yeah, and then the Thunder. Obviously, that two-man duo yeah. had the Warriors down. I mean, so it's it's tough. Well, who would you say right now it would be your biggest threat, the Warriors' biggest threat in the West? Well, I, I, any team coached by Greg Popovich is yeah. always a threat. And I would say it's them and the, and the Clippers. You know, And then after that, I think you know, the West is kind of wide open for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Utah could move up. Memphis is still pretty good, and I love David Fisdale. He was a Warriors assistant for a couple of years. Really knows how to coach. Um, you know, the, the Portland, Terry Stott did an excellent job with that team. They're, they've got firepower uh, that, that you have to manage every time you play them. D'Antoni's down in Houston, which means they're going to score about 148 games. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, uh, it, it, I, I don't know if any of those teams, other than the Clippers and Spurs, are championship caliber teams. But I think that I think below the Spurs, the Warriors, and am I forgetting anybody? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I think that's the um, the elite. I mean, the Thunder Dallas, that's too big of a loss. I think Westbrook will be yeah. fun, but that's too big of a loss with Durant. Dallas will be uh, interesting to see how they come together. Rick Carlisle has a master of doing that, and you know, would be at the thing with Bogut and then Barnes, they may be better. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, but again, I, I think I think four through eight or four through ten are kind of wide open right now. Utah's added some. Veteran guys because they want to win now. They want to get some wins on the board before they, you know, they can't be potentially rebuilding. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. And everybody listening here on Locked On Kings did not hear the mention to how how quickly Tim is forgotten coming from Sacramento. <laughs> now, honestly, I want to get your thoughts on the Kings, who obviously play the Warriors in the second preseason game for Sacramento. It's been tough. You know that. This team has some, actually maybe some things because they're so big that in a matchup on a you know regular season night could bother the Warriors, but overall, obviously not as much talent. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts and observations of what Sacramento did with their offseason, adding some veterans, they sprinkled in some rookies, a new coach, just your perception on the Kings? Yeah, you know, uh, I've gotten to the point in my prep for tomorrow night where I'm about to look at the rookies. I have, I don't know much about them. Yeah. I'll be totally candid with you. Well, they were. Um, they were. I'll say this: they were a mess in the first preseason game. They played the fourth against the Lakers and uh, didn't fare too well. But it's preseason; it's rookies. But yeah, they, they're they're yeah. maybe a little raw right now. 
Okay, so so but when I look at the veterans they have and the, the guys that they've added, and I think they'll be better. I think they'll be better, and I think uh, I love uh, uh, Dave Yeager. I think he's a really really good coach. And if you think going back two years ago, you know it took the Warriors doing something really um, unique to flip that series. Mm-hmm. You know Memphis had the Warriors playing their style of play for three games. I think Dave Yeager had a lot to do with that. And and then, you know, they come out with this idea, well, let's let Bogut guard Tony Allen. It's brilliant. And I think I think it kind of took Tony a little bit out of the series because, he, you know, he missed a couple of shots, and all of a sudden he didn't want to shoot the ball anymore. He didn't want to be a factor. And, and so uh, and it kind of allowed the Warriors to kind of get out and go a little bit, and it changed that whole series. So, my point is that Jaeger is a guy that knows uh, how to coach in this league, and he is a guy that won't, you know, he's not going to get outworked in this league. He's he's a, he's a grinder, and I really appreciate, you know, his journey to get there. So I think they're better. Aaron Flower will give him a veteran, a solid veteran at the two spot, which I think will be an upgrade. Uh, you know, when they get Collison back, you know, he's an NBA quality point guard. And, and it, you know, again, I think the Jaeger – Cousins' equation is is a key one, and I think that's you know, and I think if because we all know when 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 Cousins' right, he is hard to guard, mm-hmm. and and um, you know, there's not too many guys that that and you throw the ball down to the box that you're you're like you know really you know terrified of <laughs> in the NBA these days. There's not many guys who do that anymore, but you know, there's you know Marcus Souls, Ebo. Uh, cousins, those would be the guys that I would say, okay, Al Jefferson. Maybe if they get the ball in the box, maybe you should double team that guy because you know he's going to he's going to manhandle anybody in there. And so, um, so I, he's he's. Well, I, I hope for his sake that that he has a great year because I think that the potential has been there, and it's right there. He's a he's an incredibly talented center, yeah, and one of the best, most talented players I think at the five spot that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and one guy I know I want to ask you about, too, a final thought at least on the Kings, is Matt Barnes, 36, oldest player on the Kings, but he has constantly said here that his career really got launched in his trip You know, when he was first with the Warriors. You called those games, and now you've seen Matt all across the league, all these different teams, and it's kind of that guy that once he's on your team, the fans love him, teammates love him, but when he's not on your team, he can agitate and bother, but he, he kind of has figured out that role, and it's worked for him. It's, it's, he's done a great job. You know, you think about what right before the Warriors, he was entertaining, you know, ideas of maybe playing pro football. Yeah. And uh, so it it was uh, very close to not being in the NBA. And and so uh, he plays hard. You know, the effort's always there. And he's a guy, again, like you say, you don't want to play against him because, you know, he is a little bit of an agitator and he's physical. And he uh, he wants to. He's not afraid to bang you around. You know that was one of the keys that we believed team. They had Stephen Jackson, Baron Davis, mm-hmm. and Matt Barnes. You know, uh, teams did not want to show up against the Warriors because those guys were going to be in your grill the whole game. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, it's great. I'm glad that Matt gets a chance. You know, at this point of his career, to come home and play because I think it's going to be great for him. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you know, the fact that he gets to play in that new building. Yeah, that is, you know, that was never there when he was there. Uh, I think it's, I think it's great. I'm really happy for him.
Yeah, it's going to be fun to see this all play out. I know uh, Kings and Warriors, second preseason game for Sacramento, third for you guys. And I hope you're getting used to the adjustments you have to make, honestly. I mean, it's good perks, but you're working holidays now, all the primetime games late into June. But that's a good problem for you, isn't it? Yeah, except for Christmas in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> you could write a, probably a book about that. I, the year I spent Christmas in Cleveland. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I think that the... Uh, you know, I, I my own belief is that that there's no reason why you're sending teams 3,000 miles to play a game on Christmas. There's yeah. no reason for Cleveland to play us on Christmas. People would watch that game if you put it on a Monday night. Yep. Okay. Uh, you guys can you play know, the Clippers. People like that rivalry. Yeah. Or how about we play the Kings? Sure. And that way, both teams can have Christmas at home with their families. Good point. And you know, and you, you if. Steph Curry and, and Durant against DeMarcus Cousins, I think people would watch that game. I would sell. I think they would. Yeah, so. no doubt. Well, Tim, thank you so much for joining us. I know we'll uh, catch up with you more during the season. Enjoy the season, preseason, all the all the fun. I'm just glad it's here, and it was great to talk to you. All right, man. Always good to talk to you, Jason. Well, my thanks to Tim Roy, the longtime voice of the Golden State Warriors, for joining us here on Locked on Kings. Again, a reminder, tonight it's the Kings and the Warriors from San Jose. We'll have a full reaction to that on tomorrow's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Again, we're going to be here every day, Monday through Friday, your team, the Sacramento Kings, every day. Check out the entirety of the Locked On Network as well. And uh, we do thank you for listening. And my thanks again one more time to Tim Roy. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the Kings game tonight. And we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Locked On Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.